That's how powerful the mind is. The images we have of our own bodies, our potential, our challenges, they shape our realities. And those realities don't always line up with what is reality. Welcome to episode 17 of the Walking Closer podcast. I'm your host, Adam Como. Today, our conversation is all about images. We're going to talk about the power of images, how they reinforce the ideas that govern us, and then these images, they really they provoke feelings and emotions within us that are jam-packed with these things. So uh, let's just get started. I'm going to start this podcast with a challenge. I encourage you to actually... I take up the challenge and let us do it. Don't don't just listen to it and, and move on. And so, uh, whether if, if you're in a vehicle right now, just listening to this, maybe you can just think of this in your head. Or I encourage you to come back to this at some point um, and, and really focus on it. Okay. And what we want to do is we want to focus on what we routinely think of when we think about God. Okay. Um, and remember. You're, <laughs> You're free to think whatever, and just just, just be completely honest with yourself, right? You're not gonna uh, gonna be telling anyone um, about what your thoughts are here, and so be free to take hold of whatever thoughts come to your mind when you think about God. And so, Christians, the most important thing in our minds is our idea of God and the images associated with it. And so, I want you to finish this sentence, and again, remember, just be honest with yourself. Okay, so finish this sentence. God is the kind of being who, and fill it in. God is the kind of being who, and whatever comes to your mind, write that down or hold on to that thought, okay? Your answer represents your image of God. I want you to hold on to that because we will come back to it later. It's because the images that occupy our minds reflect and reinforce the ideas that govern us. That's why we're going to focus on images. These images are powerful, and they, they empower ideas that govern us, whether good or bad, and they're overloaded overloaded with feelings. Okay, and so a couple of exercises that uh, I want us to kind of go through today just to make this point, okay, so we can understand what's going on. Because if we're going we're gonna to figure out how to move forward, right? how, how do we go about changing our minds? How do we go about this process? We really need to understand what's going on, okay? You, you can't figure out how to move forward unless you break down what's happening and understand you know, how things function, how things work. So let's go through a couple of exercises here. And it's really important. See, um, let's think about what happens when we see certain images, okay, externally. Like maybe it's uh, images from our favorite sports team, okay, or, or maybe, maybe it's images from rival teams, right? When we see those images, they provoke certain feelings within us, certain ideas, right, about 
that we have and that we hold about those teams. If let's think about it, if you're a veteran and you see someone burning a flag, okay, maybe if you're not a veteran, even uh, let's just imagine seeing someone burn a flag. You know that that has the power to provoke certain feelings within you, okay, and those feelings uh, come from these images that we see. And they're all tied up in these ideas that govern us, okay? Think about what you, what you feel when you see various political logos or, or mascots, right? If you're a Democrat and you see um, that image, or maybe if you're a Democrat and you see the, the image of the mascot or logo that represents Republicans, okay? Or if you're a Republican, what happens whenever you see your logo or the logo that dem- represents Democrats, okay? Certain feelings or emotions are provoked within us. As Christians, when you see a cross, right, certain ideas are there, and certain feelings and emotions are stirred up within us. See, all of these and, and have the power to make us feel something, okay? Images uh, don't just come by way of external pictures, though. Images come with all the senses. Think about certain smells. I can remember when I was young, walking home from school, and you'd get just around the block, okay, just a, just a few houses down uh, from where I lived, and I could smell sometimes my mom cooking. I could smell her making a roux. I can smell the onions and the flour. I can, I, I can remember walking home and smelling that. Now, when I think about that now, that image, okay, it provokes certain feelings within me. Maybe whenever I smell a roux, someone cooking, or maybe when I'm cooking a roux, or when I smell my mom cooking a roux, um, that brings me back. Right, certain images come up in in my mind. It takes me back to a different time. Okay, uh, think about this: when you hear certain words that that are jam packed with concepts and ideas, and they they provoke uh, bring up images within our minds, right? And and that brings about certain feelings. Um, I think about Thanksgiving. That's a time when I go back and I see my family. Provokes. Lots of different images in my mind, uh, and that, that those come with feelings. Okay, and just the concept of the fall and Thanksgiving, and you know, it, 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 I, every time that season comes around, I, I have these certain feelings that uh, that are really overwhelming, and certain images pop up in my mind. Um, just from various times of my life, whether it's because I was back in southern Louisiana or uh, a few Thanksgivings that I've had here in Texas with my wife, maybe when we first uh, got married. Um, I, I, all, all sorts of different times um, come to my mind, and they're, they're images that uh, represent those times, and they fill me with feelings. If maybe maybe that's Christmas for you, right? Maybe when you think about Christmas, certain pictures, images come in your mind, and they provoke certain feelings. Uh, maybe uh, when you think about church, 
the term church from somebody says church, right? That can provoke good or bad feelings for you. When you, when you think about um, when someone says uh, drug addict, okay, and they, they use these terms, right? Certain images automatically come to your mind, what that represents, okay? And that may, that may be filled with certain feelings for you. Uh, if you think about if somebody says the term prostitute, right? Certain images in your mind uh, when someone uh, says Texan, when someone says Cajun, when someone says redneck, when someone says Yankee, when someone says Asian, when someone says Ru- on and on and on. There are certain images that come up in our minds, and those images can be jam-packed with certain feelings. Okay, And these all demonstrate like the, these, the, these images that occupy our minds all demonstrate the ideas that govern us. And th- this is more clearly seen when we discuss things like body image or, 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 or body uh, image issues, should we say. Right? We tend to have this image in our mind of what the ideal body image is for either male or, or female. And we have our own image in our minds of what masculinity or femininity looks like. These are certain ide- there are certain ideas behind these images, okay? And those ideas govern us. There are certain expectations that we have, that we hold to what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman and what that's supposed to look like. And when we don't look that way, okay, or we don't feel like we measure up to that, right? It, it provokes certain feelings within us. And that's all wrapped up in the images, the, 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 the images that we have of, of what we should look like as male or female. Okay? There, there are certain ideas behind these images. And sometimes you hear, you hear the phrase, or maybe you think about the good old days. Let's use this as another example. Right? Have you ever thought about you know, maybe you've even said it, you know, longing for the good old days, right? And whenever, whenever the good old days are for you when, you, when you think about those times and wish you could go back to them, it's primarily based on a memory or an idea that in so many ways is isolated from all the other things that were going on, okay? Now think about this. Uh, when I become nostalgic and thinking about my days as a kid playing outside or smelling my mom's cooking, my longing is based on that, not any of the other bad stuff that might have been going on in the world. I'm not longing for the time I was grounded, right? I'm not longing for the time I was being disciplined. And, uh, but, but these were a part of those days as well. But that's not what I'm thinking about. I am focusing on specific things, okay? Also, some of our, our good old days were only good for us, not for those who were being, let's say, discriminated against. Uh, there are a lot of people who think about the good old days, and they're thinking about the 50s and 60s, and maybe the 70s and 80s, but 50s and 60s specifically, right? And you think about those times. Those were not good times for everyone. They might have been good old days for you based on certain memories that you had. Uh, but those memories don't bring into mind, right, the the some of the bad things, the uncomfortable things that were happening maybe around you, maybe to you or to other people, okay? The point is, we have this image of the good old days that when we think about it, it can stir up feelings of longing, but that, but that, that image is simply based on an idea of a better time, or maybe more accurately, a better moment in, in time. And, and I believe this simply demonstrates the reality that we are governed by ideas that fill our minds with images that are packed with feelings. Now, with that reality, let's think about how much damage the wrong ideas and images cause within us. There's a couple of, I believe, good examples. It might be someone, let's say someone who maybe has perceived themselves as being overweight, 
right? And maybe, maybe, maybe they were at like, let's just say 30% body fat. And, and they lose a bunch of weight. They put a lot of hard work into trying to make themselves uh, feel healthier, uh, look better, uh, feel better about themselves, right? And so they lose all sorts of weight, and they get down to, let's say, 15% body fat. Yet, when they look in the mirror, they still think they're fat. Think about that. Someone uh, maybe who grew up being told or treated like they were a failure. We're not amount to anything. We're not good at anything. Not smart enough, etc. No matter what they do, how much they accomplish, regardless of any success that they might have, it's not good enough. They still feel and see themselves as a failure. Or maybe, maybe because this is the image they have of themselves, they don't even try. What about the image? Think about this. The image you have of yourself can be the most powerful idea you have in your head, and it can overpower everything else, right? They can cause us to respond in ways that really, really do not coincide with reality, okay? The power that images have over us, they represent these ideas that govern us and they provoke feelings within us that reinforce these ideas, it doesn't always coincide with reality. It's our reality, but it doesn't always coincide with reality. And you see the damage that it causes, okay, when you have um, the wrong ideas, okay, and images that occupy our minds. And listen, Satan understands this. And I believe an example that Willard gave of this was with Satan and Eve. He talks about, you know, Satan and what he used to do. Uh, tempt Eve to draw her away. Okay? In order to draw Eve away from God, Satan did not use a stick, but an idea. And, and the idea was that God could not be trusted and that she must act on her own to secure her own well-being. Now, imagine being Eve. What images would begin to be created in your mind when, if you were tempted in this way? Those same images have continued throughout history continue to build and become even stronger and to duplicate and become more elaborate. See, the single most important thing in our mind is our idea of God and the images associated with it. Look at the damage it causes when it's corrupted. Now, to further explore this and demonstrate the power of images, let's, let's consider for a moment the power of images that are constantly thrown at us externally, like pictures on billboards and advertisements and movies, magazines, online, social media, etc. The external images have an effect on us, whether we realize it or not. Um, you, you couple these images with the images and ideas that already co- occupy our own minds, there are some complex things that are happening here. There was a paper published by Barbara Fredrickson, who's a psychology researcher at the University of North Carolina, at least whenever this paper was published. And uh, really, the research was about positive thinking. But there's a lot of things that we could take away from this, but there's something very specific that I think was, was very telling. So she did an experiment where she had a couple of people, a group of people, really, uh, where she divided them up into five separate groups. And she took these groups and showed them different film clips, okay, images. Two groups were shown clips that created, uh, say, positive emotions, like uh, joy and commitment. There was one group that was just uh, simply a control group, and they saw clips that were uh, neutral. They really didn't produce any significant emotion at all. And then you had the other two groups that were shown clips that were m- meant to produce negative emotions of fear and, and anger. 
And after each person saw the images, they were asked to imagine themselves in similar situations that they, that they saw and didn't write down what they would do. And so they were given a piece of paper with the phrase, I would like to, and then fill that in. The group that saw the positive images of joy and contentment wrote down numerous responses. Okay? And the group that saw neutral images wrote down, well, they had responses, but they were less than the, the positive group. But here's the thing. The group that saw the negative images of fear and anger, they wrote down the fewest responses. Now, what the study showed was, among other things, when we experience positive emotions like joy and contentment and love, we see more possibilities in our life. They broaden our, or open our minds up to more options. Now, remember, these feelings came from images they saw. Remember, images are loaded, right? With feelings. When we see images that produce negative feelings, notice what happens. Our minds close up. We see less and less possibilities in our life. Now, consider the images that already occupy our minds. Hopefully you can see why you may have some of the struggles that you actually have. It's because the mind, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a powerful thing. And if your mind is occupied with negative thoughts, negative feelings, negative ideas, you're going to see less and less possibilities in your life. Right? But as opposed to the positive, the more options. Right? In fact, there's research. I come, keep coming across study after study after study. Um, that indicates whether this is true or not. I'm, I'm not a scientist. I don't do this type of research. I'm, I'm not, a, not aware of, the, of how these tests work and so forth. But there is studies out there that indicate that our minds were not, don't know what to do with the negative stuff. And in fact, they're made for um, positive, healthy um, ideas. And our minds really have to be trained um, to think negatively. So uh, that kind of helps us a little bit understand a little bit better about um, all the confusion and maybe all of the issues that we have, um, and whether it's a lack of drive, whether we see possibilities, whether we we believe in ourselves, you know what we can actually do, why we feel the way we feel. Okay, the mind is a powerful thing, and it, let's think think about this. There's a, there's another, if 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 you like to read, okay, or if you have ever read something that just completely captivated your mind. You notice that while you're reading, your mind creates images of the scenery, the characters, and what they might look like, what they are doing, uh, maybe even like the body language and facial expressions when they speak. It's like you're, you're there in the scene, right? The, the, but this, this experience is not isolated to just reading, though. It, it can happen through smells and tastes that might take you back, and images are, are formed in your mind of that place, that time, or, or, or that person that you're with. Okay? The, these experiences can be quite real to us, and they can either be good or bad. It does, it, it's not a right or wrong thing. It's not a positive or negative thing. They can either be good or bad. It's just a reality. Now, we might even find ourselves in a situation where someone does something or says something, you, you read something or you smell or taste something or you just feel a certain way and, and Im images come into your mind of a time that you would rather forget. And maybe it's an experience that wasn't so, so pleasant. See, it could be either good or bad. That's just the reality. That's how powerful the mind is. The images we have of our own bodies, our, our potential, our challenges, they shape our realities. And those realities don't always line up with what is reality. 
Okay? But when we visually imagine something, our visual cortex is active, and therefore what we visualize is what we see. And when we believe what we see in our minds, it induces emotions and behaviors that follow those beliefs. Now, um, ho hopefully you can see in this instance why it is important to be aware of the images that occupy your mind. Images you have of yourself, of your potential, of your challenges, images of God, etc. Okay? These images can override everything else, which is why we must replace the destructive images with powerful images that come from God. We, we, we need to see ourselves, okay, simply put, as God's beloved. You know, Paul talks about it in Romans 9.25, and we can, we can get that image through Christ, who Paul says in 2 Corinthians is the image of God. Paul, Paul said that this is exactly the image that Satan doesn't want us to see, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. He wants us to remain stuck, continuing to be governed by false ideas, by lies about ourselves and God. And, and it's, it's through the transformation process that we, we put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Paul says that in Colossians 3. When we, when we take our thoughts captive to the obedience to Christ, this includes the images that occupy our mind as well. So let's go back to how you finished the statement in the beginning of the podcast. God is the kind of being who, and then fill in the blank. Consider your image of God. To some, God is just too busy for them. He doesn't care. Maybe he's to some, he's confusing. Uh, some, maybe he's like a tyrant looking for opportunities to punish or destroy you. Maybe, maybe you look at him like your boss who overworks you and underpays you. Like, like your earthly father, maybe, who's absent, harsh, unloving, unforgiving. Whatever your image is uh, of God, okay, and it can be provoked by lots of different things. I like the image Paul gave us in Galatians 4. Where he says, and because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father. Abba is an Aramaic term that is filled with like, affection, and confidence, and love. Um, and you would hear, uh, it's, it's like what you would hear from, your, from a child as they cry out or call out to their, their father. It's like my girls when they, when they see me and they say, Daddy, and they grab a hold of my leg or they hug me around my waist. It, it's a term that is filled with emotion and confidence and trust. That's the image. That's the image that we need to have of God. And the proper image of God can lead to a proper image of self and, and everything else. And so that's where we need to start. Start with our image of God. See, our minds are filled with all sorts of ideas. Ideas that are accompanied with images that are filled with feelings. It can be a complex, complicated thing. And trying to figure out you know, where to start and, and, and undo all the webs that are there, that, that, that just keep us stuck. It, it's a difficult thing. It's a difficult thing. But I think if we start with obtaining the proper image of God, which will lead to helping us understand really how he sees us, giving us the proper image of ourselves, 
and being okay with that. I think that that can be an excellent start and can really take us all the way through to the end where everything else just everything else just really falls into place. So maybe if we start there. So consider your image of God. Your image of God has the power to lead to a proper image of self and everything else. The next episode, we'll continue this conversation where we begin to focus on how to move forward with changing the mind. Like, what is it that we can do now? How, how, do, we, how do we undo all these webs, right? Like, how do we move forward with this process of transformation where we put on the mind of Christ? What do we do? That's the next time on the Walking Closer podcast. Thanks for joining me on this episode. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and share. And connect with me on the Walking Closer Facebook page. Drop me a message or any questions that you may have. Make sure to join us next time as we explore becoming like Jesus from the inside out.